The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. Welcome to Voices of Unity. I'm your host, Reverend Jackie Fernandez, and we are live from the tower at Unity Village. And today we are halfway through Hispanic Heritage Month here at Voices of Unity, our very own Taco Tuesday. And and if you're a nerd like me, you might spell that T-A-L-K dash O Taco Tuesday. Okay, so we're going to move on from that. Um, but this month we are highlighting a Latinx yeah, I always say Latinx because I like to make it more like Latino, Latinas, or Latinx leaders and the vibrancy they bring to the unity movement. And it is my great joy today to have Reverend Juan Del Hierro from Unity on the Bay, Associate Minister in, there in Miami. So welcome, Juan. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. It's such a pleasure to be with you and uh, with those listening in. Yes. So, you know, I, as I mentioned, I, I got your your bio, which is, you know... You got a thing or two going on um, from the <laughs> website. And, you know, I'm going to read it because there's there's nothing here to trim. There is there is no fat to be trimmed from this bio. So Reverend Juan Del Hierro serves as assistant minister at Unity on the Bay, one of the largest progressive spiritual communities in Florida. He believes we have a sacred opportunity and a sacred responsibility to involve ourselves in social justice issues in order to more fully create a world that works for all. Reverend Juan's own calling is that of sacred activism. He has made Unity on the Bay one of the most well-regarded progressive spiritual communities in Florida, involving it in issues such as homelessness, child poverty, civic engagement, and equality for the LGBTQ community. Reverend Juan has served on the board of SAVE, the largest local LGBTQ rights organization, is past chair of faith in the city, a coalition of downtown Miami and surrounding area spiritual communities, and is currently the chair of the LGBTQ task team for the Un- for Unity Worldwide Ministries, looking at ways to support the unity movement in becoming stronger advocates for equality. Juan also serves on the board of directors for Unity World Headquarters. And, and, and Juan and his husband, Tom, along with their three-year-old son, Lucas, is that, he's not three. You know, it's interesting when, when, as soon as you started reading it, um, it's always good to have somebody read your bio on a website uh-huh. because it reminds you that you have to go back yeah, and make some changes to it. Yes. <laughs> but so he's six now. He's six. You're six now. Six-year-old son, Lucas. You were part, all three of you were part of a lawsuit that brought marriage equality to Florida in January of 2015. 
amazing. So we're going to hear more of that for sure. But also what I know, because we are friends on Facebook, um, I know about um, the No More Tears Awards and that you are an honoree this year. So tell us about that. Well, thank you, Jackie. Uh, Yeah, I'm just really blessed. Uh, This Sunday, there's an award show, uh, award luncheon. See, I'm I'm already making it a show. Yeah, it's, I mean, come on, let's be honest. I I like the stage. (laughs) (laughs) but it's a it's a luncheon and no more tears is this local organization that does amazing work um, to support families really that have been uh, the victims of domestic violence um, as well as um, basically modern day slavery Um, so they they do really great work and i'm very blessed i'm the first uh, non-victim of domestic violence that they're giving the honor to, uh, just because they, they've realized some of the things that I do. And I'm so blessed that I get to do them through Unity on the Bay, right? Like mm-hmm. my work here as associate minister involves a lot of the social justice aspects of ministry. Uh, so it's it's not just a blessing for me, but really it's an honoring of what Unity on the Bay stands for. Lovely. That's amazing. So, um Okay, I want to. I'm going to switch gears real quick. Congratulations on the award. It is, you. you know, it's and it, it just like you're saying. It's not just for you. It's for your community and and it's for all of unity. So thank you for being a light in the world to that end, and really living our fifth principle, which is it's not mm. enough to know the truth, but we must live it in the world. We must demonstrate it. So thank you for that. It's my favorite. It's it's my favorite one. It's of the all best. Five. It's the best. Yes. <laughs> so how did you come to Unity? Have you always? Did you grow up in Unity? Are you a convert? What? What? I didn't grow up in Unity. Um, although it's so interesting, like quite a few people that I've uh, met along the way, there's been a connection to Unity unbeknownst to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Ecuador. And I moved to the States when I was seven years old. Now, when I found Unity, I was talking to my grandmother, uh, who I was very close to. And uh, we were raised Catholic. And as a Catholic, uh, very faithful woman, she had been reading the Daily Word for (laughs) over 30 years. Wow. Uh, Yeah, in Ecuador, it's it's actually published in the newspaper. That's right. I see. Somebody's paid for it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So so there was a connection there, and faith has always played a big role in my um, in my life. You know, I um, uh, went to uh, Catholic schools uh, here in the United States, and I was always involved in campus ministry. When I was eight or nine, ten years old, when I used to go to a church with my parents, the uh, uh, priest, Father Stack, would always greet my parents with, oh, there goes the parents of the future priest <laughs> of Our Lady of the Lakes. Um, so there was something that I think, uh, and there were other individuals who, you know, I, I once went just as a little bit of a, a joke with some friends to get my cards read. And uh, the person that was reading my cards uh, uh, started talking about seeing me by the river in white being baptized in her faith tradition. Um, as a spiritual leader. So I feel like um, people around me sort Mm -hmm. of knew something before I did and then just interpreted through their own faith traditions. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, probably when I was 23, after I kind of stepped away from uh, my faith experience, my faith life, 
um, once it came out and I was really figuring myself out. Um, and a few years into that, I realized how much I missed my faith community and uh, really feeling a almost like a ritualistic experience mm-hmm. of God. So I started to attend different um, Catholic churches. Um, and around that time, a friend of mine uh, invited me to Unity on the Bay. And I realized just how at home I felt. And I really just dove in. And uh, I'm very fortunate, you know, now we do have some people that have grown up in Unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, there's quite a bit of uh, a large percentage of converts, like, as you call it. Um, I was really lucky that I was sort of converted in my early 20s. So mm-hmm. I've had a, already a long life in unity, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long. Well, <laughs> I am uh, very grateful that I have reached the age that I have and that I'm at the place where I'm at and that unity has been such a big part yes. of it. Yes, absolutely. We are all grateful for that. Beautiful. Yeah. So, and I love hearing that that through. It is such a common story that, um, it, it, you know, people. And I'm sure this is you know true in other s- scenarios, but that there has been some sort of unity adjacent experience or unknown um, experience of unity, like whether it be the Daily Word or, you know, having been part of, you know, a, a course of miracles that met at a unity church. But you know, just different things like that. And it's it's really beautiful to hear the different stories of how people have come to join unity. Yeah. It's just, you know, um, no coincidences, right? You know, I also married somebody from Missouri. Uh I love going to Kansas City and being at Uh, Unity Village. Um, My my son, we adopted him, you know, when right at birth. And we just recently found out that his birth family uh, were all from the Kansas City area also. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's just these wonderful little connections that tell me um, that what I feel for Unity you know, goes really mm-hmm. deep and it was just meant to be yes. in so many ways. Yes. I love it. I love that. It's beautiful. Uh, what about your call to ministry? So, I mean, you, you were hearing the message, right, from childhood, really, <laughs> that like, look, it's going to be a priest, it's going to be a monk. You're, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So, right. yeah. you know, was there like, did you, you know, ever shirk that? Did you ever sort of, you know, like... I don't not, no, not me. Or did you always like know? Like, well, you know, I, um, I mean, I always kind of knew, and I still fought it. Right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't that yeah. part of yeah. the journey? Right? Well, you wouldn't have to fight it if you didn't know, right? <laughs> there would there would be nothing to fight if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, I was always involved in campus ministry. I was a retreat leader in my high school, um, and I because I was gay you know, and I was coming to terms with my sexuality, um, I thought that there wouldn't be that opportunity to be in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I also um, have always been very involved in social justice. Uh, even when I was in campus ministry, you know, I um, started our uh, once a month homeless feeding and sort of things like that and different social justice groups. Um, and so that's where I really thought I was being led to. You know, uh, working in the social justice sector, working at a nonprofit, being an activist. Um, And it was um, still in me, like, you know, in in that frame uh, when I was at Unity for a while. Uh, But then I started taking the classes and I started getting more involved. And I realized that the secret activism that I was really wanting to live out um, 
could happen through ministry mm-hmm. and that both things uh, could actually merge in my life in very powerful ways. And so I just remember uh, being in service uh, one Sunday and hearing the minister uh, speaking about how it's for us to um, not only deepen our own awareness and of oneness and, and consciousness, uh, but it was also for us to live it out and invite other people into it. Mm. And that just really struck a chord. And, and, and that's when I really um, said this was for me. And I've been working at Unity on the Bay since two years after I came into the, the Unity, um, Unity on the Bay, the church itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I've worn many, many hats. But as soon as I started working here, I knew that it was all a path towards ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And um, that knowing, like, that coming, like, not that you felt not at home anywhere else, but that this is the home for that path. This is the context for that path. You know, I had that same experience. And really being a woman, you know, growing up in, you know, traditional Christianity, um, you know, some Catholicism, and not seeing a place in leadership for a woman, you know, unless I wanted to run the bake sale and and not to put that down. Those are important, you know, roles, you know, Sunday school, which I did. You know, I helped with vacation Bible school and, and found, you know, those leadership roles. But I knew I knew there was something more and um, and I just didn't have a, a point of reference for it. And um mm. You know, and then as my, you know, sexuality expanded, I certainly didn't see a place, you know, for me and my family um, in traditional Christianity. And I got hired at a unity church and my job was to I was the AV director and my job, you know, the joke was on me. My job was, was to listen to the services. But I thought here I could be in a spiritual community, but not have to really commit to it and in a personal way. Um, because I stepped away, like I didn't even have a context for God, you know, and, um, well, there was a woman in the pulpit. They were members of the LGBTQ community all around, you know, in leadership roles and, you know, in the congregation. And, um, it was just a whole new world. You know, and I, 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 that's so beautiful and it's so valuable for, at least for me to, look at all the ways in which the ways in which I identify on mm-hmm. a human experience um, play a role in how we see ourselves out in the world and um, how that really shapes our lives in many ways. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, me being gay or me being Hispanic is a small part of who I am um, because it's, it's the totality right. <laughs> in very human experience way. Um, being gay um, has shaped the way that I have felt about myself, has shaped the way that I've connected to religion or not connected mm-hmm. to religion, yeah. has shaped um, my journey towards uh, feeling at one with this beautiful energy of that God is. Um, being Hispanic has shaped the ways in which I live out in society sometimes, yeah. um, my relationships. So, um, you know, it's, it's our identities um, can play a huge role or play a huge role in how we sort of come to terms with who we are and, and how that relates to 
coming to terms with our belief systems when it comes to religion or spirituality. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then how we demonstrate whatever principles we're working with in that, you know, um, because it's all about, you know, our, our own personal context, which is, like you said, it our um, identities is plural. There's a pluralism. We are, you know, we are complex units of being. Yeah. Well, and, you know, um, it's so interesting. I don't know if it was you who I mentioned it to, but I remember um, at the convention, uh, you know, um, being filmed a little video. Mm -hmm. uh, Now that I'm on the Unity World Headquarters board, um, you know, just about me being um, Hispanic or Latin Mm -hmm. um, on the board. And that convention itself, uh, I was part of a, a workshop experience uh, which is like about changing our story about some of our identities. Um, and it became very clear to me through that process that I have a lot of healing to do. I, I've done a lot of work with, you know, um, forgiveness work and just uh, consciousness work on being, you know, a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that I needed to unpack for myself uh, when it came to being Latin um, mm. in the world. Um, and that's where I feel like I'm really um, growing a lot and deepening a lot in this moment is just really looking at how I've viewed myself as an immigrant who mm-hmm. came to the United States uh, undocumented um, and how that's played a role with uh, me being comfortable with the fullness of, of my experience and who I am. Wow. That's a lot, you know, and especially given the current political climate, which is more than just politics. It's, you know, our social climate and it's everything. So um, talk more about that. Well, you know, um, you know, when I was asked to do that video, um, you know, how does being a representation, you know, or um, a representative Mm-hmm. of the Latino community within unity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How does that feel for somebody that um, at some points in my life um, has been uncomfortable with sort of the Latino quote-unquote uh, identity? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I came to the United States, I was seven years old, and uh, my parents uh, brought my sister and I, and uh, we became undocumented um, for a while. Um, and... I realized that I had to do some forgiveness work on myself because I had, in fear of being found out as undocumented, I had tried to assimilate to white American culture. Mm, Um, And that included uh, trying not to speak Spanish Mm -hmm. as much in front of others. Mm -hmm. That included liking... um, Uh, American English music more than Latin music. Um, And I still carried some of that. You know, in that workshop, I was realizing um, as I was sharing, because this was, I was one of the panelists, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which really made me have to dig deep um, at some of these issues, um, how much more uncomfortable I felt 
people seeing me dance Spanish music, you know, uh, merengue or salsa, mm -hmm. which I do very well. <laughs> but I become much more self-conscious than when I'm dancing disco or rock and roll or whatever it was in English, you know. Sure. Um, and a lot of that was was that, that fear. I, I just remember one time getting in trouble at school, in elementary school, and my parents having to come in and the thoughts that were going through my mind weren't, I'm going to get in trouble at home. It was, oh, and what if now that my parents came in, they find out that we're here and mm -hmm. we're undocumented? What will that mean for my family? Mm -hmm. what, what am I putting my family in the perils of in that moment? You know, and so um, it's been very interesting to make peace with um, or, or forgiving myself for having had those thoughts and having wanted to, in some ways, um, disidentify with that mm -hmm. part of who I am. Um, and in the last couple of years, you know, I, as associate minister, I now oversee the Spanish ministry at Unity on the Bay. And I speak on Sundays in Spanish um, that I consider really my second language, not my first language, mm -hmm. um, even though I was raised in Ecuador for the first few years. Um, but um, anyways, it's, it's, it's been a really interesting journey and to be also thought of as a representative of the uh, Latinx community mm -hmm. uh, when I'm having all this inner work going on <laughs> um, has just, I mean, it's, it's really wonderful because it's prompted some of the healing work. It's prompted some of the questions that I've had to wrestle with um, and be more conscious of. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, what I just keep thinking is that 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 is representative of the Latinx community, right. like having mm -hmm. to work through like that sort of inner violence of disidentifying, you know, for a number of reasons of having to carry the burden of, you know, what if I cause my family to be deported? You know, all of, you know, the denial of the language of the culture, all of those things is a sort of inner violence and, and not uncommon, you know, so, to, so right. to be in that inner conversation and process of healing and really digging deep to, um, you know, engage forgiveness for self and for others in that is that you are exactly representing, you know, the complexities, you know, I mean, there's so many different stories you know, in my family, it's, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us, you know, which entails its own onslaught of issues. And, you know, so there are so many um, variations on a theme of, of what it means to be um, Latinx or Hispanic, which are technically two different things, you know, so even that, you know, and then there's, you know, Puerto Rican, are you American or are you not? You know, I mean, right. you know, I mean, there's, there's so much, but to, so there's no tokenism in it, you know, and it, sometimes I know, at least I can experience that Well, you know, being the token and, um, but it's not like it's, it's truly bringing forward all of when we can bring forward all of our experience and all of who we are, all of our identities, um, honestly, you know, then we are being representative of of what it means to be Latinx. And, you know, um, I remember doing a talk um, here at Unity on the Bay uh, where 
you know, the majority of our congregants um, in the Spanish ministry. Um, they are um, uh, people that have come here from other countries. Um, and, you know, there's so much power in recognizing the strength of the Latinx community who have um, uh, immigrated um, to this country. You know, the faith that they, that we had to have, or my parents had to have, the vision that they had to step into, um, the courage, you know, and um, I'm at a place where I can now acknowledge that as uh, one of the most powerful things that comes from that experience rather than um, dwelling on the, you know, um, what made me different and how I was trying to hide the differences. It's, it's doing both, right? It's, yeah. it's um, uh, working on, on both ends, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. the forgiveness work, the letting go and the honoring and yes. the recognizing just how powerful of a story it is. Uh, because it's, I mean, it's the human story, right? Like right. moving through adversity and, and really, but, and it's done in such a powerful way uh, for individ- for a lot of individuals that move mm-hmm. here from other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And to, yeah, like you're saying, to, to be able to stand in the power of it, to bring it forth as an honoring, you know, and, and, and then beyond that, celebrating that, you know, so when we talk about, you know, unity, having a, a value of diversity, um, you know, that's not just like, okay, so we want representation, we want, you know, here, we want to make a video because we have, you know, a Spanish speaking board member, you know, but it's it's really celebrating that 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 what it means to have a diverse community, what it means to have representation is that we we get the fullness of who you are and and whatever that means, you know. Right. The the unhealed parts, the in healing, the in progress, you know, parts, <laughs> the you know, and, and then what we're ready to celebrate. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. And, um, you know, and I didn't know a lot of that. And so then, you know, to hear you talk about what it's like then to to lead a, you know, a service in Spanish, which you don't feel is your first language, you know, but also to be able to see how much of that is you coming forth and honoring um, your heritage and and part of your identity, one of your identities um, is really beautiful and tremendous. Well, thank you. It's one of the it's one of the sweetest things that I get to do now, um, because I am about ritual also. Mm-hmm. And what I found that um, in the Spanish ministry or in the Spanish service, um, um, there's a little bit more ritual than even in our um, English speaking services mm-hmm. uh, that takes place that does connect me to my heritage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever heard the? Um, I don't know the, the actual name of it, but the Padre Nuestro, Tu Que Estas, it's the song mm-hmm. that goes with the, our father in Spanish. Yeah. Yes. Love it. That's, Love it. yes. <laughs> Let's, um, that music means we have to take a break, but we're going to come yeah. back and we're going to pick that up. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. This is Reverend Jackie Fernandez, and I am back here today with Juan, uh, Reverend Juan Deliero from Unity on the Bay. And a reminder, as you just heard, our phone lines are open. So if you want to give us a call, 816-251-3555. Or if you uh, follow either of us on Facebook, you probably saw the um, event. And you can also type a question or comment in there and be happy to read it here on the show. So join us. Um, And we had just before the break, Juan had started talking about ritual. And you were mentioning how um, you see that um, in the Spanish service, you you see that sort of presenting itself more in a, in a more meaningful way to you. So talk about that. Well, I think um, part of it is, you know, the makeup of our Spanish ministry uh, tends to be more um, actually uh, from a Catholic upbringing uh, and uh, the Catholic tradition mm-hmm. than in our uh, English service. Uh, and for me, at least, you know, the Catholic um, mass uh, and the, just the Catholic faith is very ritualistic. Um, and that's one thing that I, I love because it yeah. really not only connects me to my heritage, um, but it's always played um, a cultural role, you know, uh, in a, in a role in my family. Right. Like we, we centered around rituals. We gathered around rituals. And so there's just something that's really um community-oriented that I love in rituals yes. uh, within our services. And, uh, you know, the, 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 our father, you know what? I mean, it's, I love the, the, the Spanish Our Father that we recite. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, the Our Father is recited in between a couple of stanzas from this song, and it's to the um, music of The Sound of Silence by uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. Um, you know, and anything that Simon and Garfunkel is I mean, just amazing yeah. anyways, of course, <laughs> you know, um, but there's just something really beautiful um, in the singing of that song um, that I actually think it um, focuses me much more on this relationship with the divine than even the Our Father, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel really warm. (laughs) It makes the relationship uh, between me and the divine just feel that much more um, loving and simpatico and Mm -hmm. um, deep than even the Our Father has done in the past. Um, So it's just wonderful. And I really appreciate having the opportunity to um, still be connected to some of those uh, rituals. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love the, I love to hear you um, say that you're doing that. You know, I think there was a time in Unity decades ago, probably, where there was sort of a, a let's not do any ritual. Let's not do anything that, you know, seems like traditional Christianity. And we're just going to cut all of that. Um, you know, not very many Unity ministries will do a communion. If they do, it might be once a year, maybe twice a year. Um, right. You know, christenings, you know, baptisms, those kinds of things, you know, and there are others that it feels like and it, um, that more and more over the past maybe 10 years or so, people are open to integrating that, um, that ritual. But I, I'm the same way. I really um, connect through ritual. And I think that it's something that people in unity maybe um, craved when it was 
in the time of we're not going to do those things um, because it is experiential and it and and it yeah. is you know community and we're we're having that experience together and I think it it just runs deep. Um, across generations, yeah. you know, through the ages, around the world, you know, that that ritual just is a binding um, experience. Yeah, and you know, um, Jackie, uh, you know, um, Unity on the Bay, so we sold um, our building where we had been at since the late 50s, um, early 60s. We sold it in March. And okay. one of the things that I think uh, we've been doing very um, well, and I think we've gone through the transition of moving from there to a um, uh, space that we're renting right now at a Jewish synagogue, and the time being is we're actually in the process of envisioning and ideating um, a community center, a spiritual community center um, that will be more than the traditional um, church or spiritual community. So, uh, but anyways, um, I think one of the reasons why we went through the transition in such a healthy way is we did a lot of rituals, yeah. um, rituals of release and goodbye, rituals mm-hmm. of celebration, rituals of community, and it was really, really um, wonderful. And then this past Sunday, you know, because of the Jewish Rosh Hashanah mm-hmm. holiday, mm-hmm. Um, the Temple um, Temple Israel asked us. Um, we couldn't have serv- Sunday services there. And, you know, I remember reading the Unity on the Bay history that at one point we were meeting at a high school. Um, and so we looked it up. And so this past Sunday, we had Sunday services at the same high school where Unity on the Bay met between 1952 and 1954. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Well, and it's a 1927-built um, high school, gorgeous. I mean, the pictures are amazing if you go to our, our Facebook page for Unity on the Bay. Um, but one of the things that was really interesting is I was flipping through some old um, historic photos and found that there was a newspaper article from May 22nd, 1954, where the minister, Dr. Bauman, performed a spiritual baptism on over 400 individuals that met in the high school that Sunday. And so part of this Sunday experience was to do a communal and individual, because it's both, spiritual baptism Mm -hmm. and do it in a more traditional way. And it was exquisite, you know, for our community to experience that. And it's, like you said, it's a reminder that people in our communities crave yeah. rituals and crave um, uh, places and moments where they can acknowledge passage yes. <laughs> and, you know, and, and where they're at and, and where they're moving to. Yes. Um, so it was just really, really, it was a great experience. Yeah. Loved it. That's amazing. I love, you know, that taking that time too. It's it's that passage, and it marks the time externally for us. But it's all about what's happening internally, and it gives us a place to put that, you know. Um, and it does, like what you said at the beginning. You started out by saying we were able to do this in a healthy way because, <laughs> you know, because you made space for it. Um, and when we create that space in ritual form, it allows us to process what's happening internally. I love it. I love yeah. it. 
Yes, yes. Well, I want to hear <laughs> more about the social action um, that you are leading and um, bringing in and infusing into the congregation. And, you know, it's, so your your congregation is rising up and, and moving into action. If you want to talk about the lawsuit, the 2015 lawsuit, I doubt that was your first experience of engaging social <laughs> action, but it's a pretty big experience of it. Um, tell us about that and, and then talk to us about ministry, what's happening. Sure. Um, so, uh, like I like I mentioned before, social justice was a big part of my um, growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, getting involved. And then when I um, came out as gay, I, I did get involved in um, a lot of the local equality um, movement. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I stayed at Unity on the Bay. I when I first got invited to Unity on the Bay, um, like I said, I was sort of searching um, different. Uh, uh, communities to connect to. And so I was going to a couple of different, even uh, Catholic churches and trying them out. And I remember being at SAVE, the local LGBT organization, Q organization. And uh, the minister at the time came in from Unity on the Bay and said, here's a portion of our tithes from this week um, because we believe in equality. And we were in the, in the thralls of uh, defending a human rights ordinance that included equality for the um, gay and lesbian community. Um, and that's when I said, okay, you know, not only do I feel at home with the message, but they're living out the same values that I am and putting the, putting money where their mouth is, putting action, you know, to what they believe. Um, and that's really what made me stay um, 100% committed to Unity on the Bay. So always involved. In, uh, in 2007 and eight, I got involved with um, uh, trying to defeat, you know, one of those so-called marriage uh, amendments um, that was going to define marriage between a man and a woman. And I was already at Unity on the Bay, uh, not in ministry or not as a minister, but I believe I was already a licensed Unity teacher. And uh, our senior minister, Chris, was so wonderful in wanting to activate our community um, to fight this amendment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Unity on the Bay was the largest progressive community um, working in the state of Florida to defeat that amendment and to stand up for equality. Nice. Um, but a lot of that I sort of brought to Unity on the Bay. What's been really wonderful to see is that in the last couple of years, um, the community has risen up and said, we need to get involved with this. We want to get involved with that. And so I'm not necessarily uh, the one proposing anymore. I'm the one supporting and guiding um, a lot of the work that we're doing, which is which is great. Um, but so the marriage amendment passed in Florida, unfortunately. And so mm-hmm. it defined marriage. And I was, um, you know, getting married um, to my now husband, Tom, and it wasn't being recognized. So uh, when uh, all of a sudden they thought in the state of Florida that what we can do is fight it in the court system, um, they invited us to be a part of it. And quite honestly, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, everything about it was wonderful um, because it was making me feel very much a part of the process. And the community, Unity on the Bay, was so amazingly supportive um, through their prayers, through their messages, through uh, just wanting to be involved in some way or another. Um, And so 
uh, right before it became legal in the full country, um, our lawsuit, which basically said that, you know, because my husband and I had gotten married in D.C., uh, where it was legal. Mm -hmm. And so we were just saying that that needed to be recognized in the state of Florida um, and that we were the only uh, couple that had a child in the lawsuit. There was seven uh, couples. But um, it also the lawsuit also stated that it was our son's right to have both his parents' marriage be recognized wow. so that he could... Um, uh, recognize the ways in which his family unit um, deserves the same rights and has the same rights as other families that may not look the same. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's That's a beautiful, it's a beautiful spin on that. Yeah, it is, and and it's and and I think it's, you know, I just see it as part of my sense. I mean, as as you know, with your daughters, mm -hmm. right, and most mm -hmm. and all parents know, like our our children are our biggest blessings, and yes. I just really feel like. Luke, that was one of the ways in which also Lucas just came to bless us and the world, the world you know, yeah. even at age three, you know, yeah. <laughs> being part of the change and the consciousness That's amazing. Uh, that created that change. Yeah. An amazing story yeah. for him. Um, yeah. You know, and it's so like, can you believe there was a time when people had to drive to a different state, fly to a different state, you know, to get married and and not long before that, there was no option. You know, it was just civil unions, you know. I mean, and it, right. it's not that long ago at all, at all. And um, and yet it makes, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously we're probably both biased towards this, but it just <laughs> makes so much more sense that this is a non-issue, you know. Right. I mean, well, and it also fueled my... You know, one of my favorite quotes, Margaret Mead, you know, never, what is it? Never deny uh, that a small group of individuals yes. can change the world. In yeah. fact, it's been the only thing to the do only so. The only thing that has ever done it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now uh, our community, Unity on the Bay, for example, um, decided to create an advocacy committee. So now it's not just the ministers bringing forth thoughts on how we can live out our core values in the community. Uh, but this advocacy committee uh, looks at what is happening in the community and um, in, in the United States and looks at how that may be connected to some of our values and mm -hmm. whether we should take a stand on it, um, it. and reflect what our community believes. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we did that with, you know, the um, uh, child detention and family separation issue, mm -hmm. you know, and here in South Florida, we had the, we have the homestead center uh, where a lot of those migrant children um, were being held. And we went a couple of times there and we were a part of a couple of rallies, but we also did other things to really know that what we believe is that, you know, fa all families um, are worthy, mm -hmm. you know, and that's my, that's one of the things that I love in every um, stance that we take, we uh, always begin by, showing how um, unity on the bay stands for the worth of all individuals. Yeah. And that's the principle yeah. <laughs> by which we then um, uh, sort of get involved in some of these issues. We believe in the sacred worth of all people. We believe in the power of unity. 
we believe all people merit being treated with compassion, understanding, and dignity. Mm -hmm. It is from this consciousness that we call mm -hmm. for, and then whatever the position is. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen mm -hmm. to that. And it's, you know, just kind of like what I was saying about marriage equality, it's like, I, there's there's going to be a time very soon, I, I hope and pray and I see it, where we look at this activity of families being held in cages at the border and that will no longer be the practice and it will be like, of course, because it makes sense. You know, I mean, when you bring it back down to the sacred worth of, of a human being and of families, um, it, it clarifies, like it, it just clarifies all of the political gymnastics that we create as a society, you know, and it's like, Oh, the gays got married and nothing happened except more happy <laughs> families, more children <laughs> raised in loving homes. I mean, wow, you know, wow, people not kept in cages at the border. Wow. It actually made our society better, you know, when we stopped that, when we stopped that practice. And so I love that you're bringing it back to, you know, that value because I, I mean, you, you just can't, I don't, you can't argue with that. That each person, each individual has sacred worth. And so now what do and, we do? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, and I'll share that, um, you know, not all of the stances that have been taken have been 100% supported by our congregation. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. There's been a few people um, that have been upset over one or um, that have just shared with us their concern sure. about even taking stances, um, and uh, Unity on the Bay hasn't necessarily shied away from um, being involved and being engaged. Um, and to the credit of those individuals, you know, they've, even when they haven't agreed, they've, for the most part, actually all the ones that I know of, have uh, maintained um, engagement with our community and have continued to be a part of our community. Um, so it's been a really wonderful thing, and I think that's, um, because of the consciousness by which this mm -hmm. is being done, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because um, it's the difference, you know, where Andrew Harvey talks about sacred activism um, as opposed to just uh, activism from a sense of fear. Right. Right. Sacred activism, doing it intentionally and allowing the space for diversity of, you know, of perspective, you know, mm -hmm. which doesn't have to negate that that core value of you know and, and belief that all humans have sacred worth so it, it actually affirms that if you allow a dissenting perspective or opinion to also be value you know be um uh, respected yeah that people who are dissenters as you say are you know still have sacred worth and are part of this community even if you know we don't and and also i can't help but think and you can tell me what your experience is that that doesn't help shape in a better way the action that you guys are taking when when people when there's disagreement of course yeah definitely um it also helps us shape um you know a language of unity yeah. right yes. and a language that um brings people in rather than causes uh, even further separation, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that we've done a fairly good job, pretty good job of um, honoring uh, 
the, the disagreements. Um, and their advocacy committee, you know, uh, it's, it's not necessarily one political party in the advocacy committee. Actually, um, there's a wonderful diversity nice. uh, within that advocacy committee. It has um, to be that way, which has, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has to be and it may not feel comfortable sometimes. Yeah, right. Um, and it has to be right. <laughs> it does. It has to be. And because you are working with a community and um, and everyone wants, um, you know, wants to be heard in that community because, you know, people are there right in, in spiritual community for their own spiritual growth and participation and sense of community. And so, you know, it's just natural for people to want to get behind the same thing. You know, it's easy to, you know, collect backpacks you know, for, for students, it's easy to get behind a food drive, you know, collectively. Um, but when you're getting into more of the deeper issues and more sensitive and controversial topics that you're talking about, it's not so easy. It is not so easy, but what that can unearth, and I'm curious how you, um, uh, how you work through it, it can, um, you know, it can dig up, you know, some opportunity for healing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been very blessed, to be quite honest, um, in that within the um, committee work and, and with our uh, leadership, I will say, um, it really has has uh, a lot of the work has been done for us in the sense that I feel we've already come from a space of unity, um, even in our diversity. We have a very healthy leadership core at Unity on the Bay, uh, and we've been working at it for a couple of years, uh, bringing in Martha Creek and doing training with us, the work that mm -hmm. we are doing, the conversations that we're having about how to um, speak from a place of understanding, a place of wisdom, um, being able to feel, uh, be, be uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, as part of the healthy ways in which we can deal with things, right? Right. Um, we, we've had those you know, we've had those conversations even on Sunday service about uh, checking our own biases mm -hmm. and uh, recognizing the ways in which we're seeing the world through the eyes of um, not just our, you know, quote unquote spiritual journey, but our identities, right, mm -hmm. and how that plays out. So, um, I think I think we already came to actually the reason why I think the advocacy committee even showed up was because we were doing all that pre-work and yeah. it was almost like a natural it was born, <laughs> expression, right? yeah. expression. It was, it was born, right. Uh -huh. It was born from a very healthy place. I love um, it. So yeah. And, and, um, you know, um, when I say being comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, that means, uh, for us as spiritual leaders also, and the board, sure. Sure. um, being able to, um, listen without fear, uh, mm -hmm. listen to the sense without fear of what that dissent uh, could lead to, yeah. right? And just being very present to hearing somebody and um, allowing people the space. That's such good practice, you know, um, and modeling, right? If we, Because we, we, we got to be able to do it in our spiritual communities and model right. that, you know, and then each person represents, you know, external communities, you know, workplaces, other, you know, civic groups. And, um, you know, they all come with their own other communities. And when you can model that and provide that 
um, that safe place to to grow into that, you know, expand that growing edge and and to learn how to be with discomfort and and still stay in integrity with um, you know valuing diversity and valuing sacred worth of others, you know, even when emotions run high and you'd rather just shut the person up. <laughs> You know, I mean, right? We're human, and um, but to be able to practice Very that, much that so. is the spiritual practice. Is to you know, is to be to be able to be with it, and and hold that space, and then and then of course to be able to take that out into the world. So you're infusing your own process with that deep work, and that yeah. is tremendous, tremendous. Well, I love what you just said, right? And and a, a big aha for me, I think, along this whole path has been what you just said, which is, we're all human. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the moment, that, for me at least, the moment I'm able to recognize it for me, and that I mean, I'm going to have, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I am going to get upset. I am going to um, not want to talk to somebody at some point in, you know, in, in, in this process. Right. Um, and it's just part of, it's part of my human experience and I can be okay with that um, and move through it. Yes. And move through it, you know, and not pretend. Oh, we're losing you a little bit, Juan. I don't know if you can hear me, but we're kind of breaking up a bit. Well, while we try to, maybe we've lost him, but while we try to get him back on the line, I will just give you the tease for next week. We are going to wrap up Hispanic Heritage Month here at Voices of Unity with Maggie Cook Garcia. Uh, Magdalena de la Cruz Cook Garcia. Uh, she was an, is an immigrant who was born in an orphanage in Mexico, and she has a tremendous story. She also is um, an ordained unity minister, and so I'm excited to have her. She presented, for those of you who were present at the Unity People's Convention this past summer, she uh, did present there and shared her story, and it was really powerful. She also um, shot video with us that was rolled out last month for September, so you can find that at the Unity um, online YouTube channel and um, looking forward to having her as we continue to celebrate our Latinx leaders and their amazing work in the world. So until then, always tune in and tune up your life in spirit. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.